solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Chapter 29. The Phoenix Lament. Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this is Potter, Potter Watch. Watch. It is. <laughs> this is accurately the Potter Watch podcast. If you got here by mistake, um, don't Yay. be. <laughs> You're ours forever now. Too bad. You're not allowed to press pause or skip. Um, yeah, don't skip over the ads. That's our big revenue. <laughs> yeah, um, please don't skip over the ads. We put a lot of effort into those and the companies that pay us to sponsor them. We only pick companies that we believe full we believe in fully so like the um owl preservation organization because i don't know if you can see at your window alex (gasps) hoot hoot (laughs) yeah that's the name of the owl preservation organization it's called hoot hoot (laughs) there's a chap in my window (laughs) oh my god (laughs) amazing amazing so we actually have two emails to read. Two yeah. owls. Two owls. Wow, it's a zoo in here. Um, let me find the first one. Joshua from England. I feel like he would appreciate me reading this in a British <laughs> I don't know about that. Joshua, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly want to hear it done Maybe. in a British accent. We can in an English accent. Um, so Joshua, greetings from a listener in England. Um, Joshua, did you go to Hogwarts? I'm sorry? I, I asked Joshua if he went to Hogwarts. Um, I'm sure he can't share that with us. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, I just can't disclose that. <laughs> so um joshua just caught up on the podcast so hi joshua if you're listening if you've made it this far now <laughs> um he doesn't find us annoying um which is great i'm just i love that journey for joshua i'm just <laughs> highlighting some of the greatest um the greatest hits from from joshua um loves the science is magical episode so shout out to dr posner um okay so I'm gonna start now with the bulk of it so now I'm now I'm actually reading okay okay you do seem to need some extra sources to check up on British isms has anyone explained what punting is to you yet you've spent ages laughing at the idea of filled strop kicking Dennis creepy over Forge's swamp last book yes punting has been explained I think actually Alex you ended up telling both of us about it. <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> there's a lovely YouTube video um, of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's like um, like a boat. Mm-hmm. Like a boat across. The, the- I don't think it was me who told that informed Oh, us. really? I would love to be smart and claim that it was me and I almost did for a second but I have to confess that it wasn't me because I re-forgot what punting was okay. so it wasn't, it 
Somebody <laughs> did say like it's a British thing. Well, uh, may- oh, maybe I said it was a British thing and had no idea what it was as a British thing because that seems fair. But I, it's basically no idea. like a boating thing. It kind of reminds me of like a gondola uh, ah. situation. Oh, uh, I, I am having um, much a much more fun time thinking about him drop kicking. That's what I the swamp. That's why they didn't change it for the American version. It originated in Cambridge. Um, well, that's hooty tooty. So yeah, it's like wooden boats, basically. Okay, so thank you for that. That does help. And then he also clarified some of the origins of some of the characters. Seamus is Irish. Mm-hmm. McGonagall is Scottish. Cho, uh-huh. we don't know in the books, but the actress that plays her, Katie Loon, Ling, um, is definitely Scottish, mm-hmm. uh, which I think we mostly forget where Seamus is from. But then we, I think we always come back to Ireland. We, 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 we get back because he vote, he was rooting for I, the Irish. How do, how do we mess that up? How? My mom's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> My mom. Mom's a... <laughs> Dad's a muckle. Mum's a witch. <laughs> Bit of a nasty shot for him when he <laughs> oh, That's <laughs> Wow, I really can't do an Irish accent. That's what that just taught me. What Hilarious. I learned about myself is that when I've had enough alcohol, I can do any accent <laughs> amazingly. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just me thinking it or if I'm actually doing it in the most amazing way possible but I can't help you out there because usually when you've had alcohol I've had alcohol and (laughs) I'm living for the show you're also (laughs) like this is the best Irish accent I've ever heard this is and and this is an person (laughs) I've never heard a more authentic Irish accent and I've been to Ireland I actually haven't but (laughs) that's what I say when I'm drunk and listening to your Irish accent um, anyway, so I will continue reading for Joshua. I've had quite a few thoughts whilst listening and wish I could bring up, most of which I've since forgotten. Shame on you, Joshua. Um, you probably of- disagreed with us, so best to just move on. <laughs> you I remember is, do you think a wizard's house has continued relevance after they've left Hogwarts? A while ago, I think you were talking about Tonks being a Hufflepuff within a few sentences of the fact that she's five years out of school which set me thinking about this. Obviously, as students from different houses hardly talk to one another, all their old school friends would be from the same house. But other than that, would they still feel that connected to it in adult life? Would someone be turned down for a job because they're a Gryffindor and it's a very Ravenclaw company? Uh, We don't think you fit in this office culture, dot, dot, dot. I look forward to following along in real time from now on. Kind regards, Joshua. Thank you so much, Joshua, for um, the beautiful email. And I thought it was an interesting question to talk about. Yeah, uh, me too. And I, my initial answer is yes, it does have bearing because especially in the UK, we're looking at the ones like the one school 
it'd be different if there were like multiple schools in the UK and everyone just thought that like Hogwarts people were like pretentious and it's like nobody cares about houses out of Hogwarts but literally everyone in the wizarding world goes there it has to have bearing and like they know which house you went to yeah I yeah I think it it has a lot to do with uh with your life in the outside world I I think it's like people who are really into astrology times 100 right so it's like oh my god I never date a Leo you know type of thing except for (laughs) with Hogwarts houses I also think that it's kind of like being in a sorority or a fraternity Mm -hmm. like they help that's like a built-in network also it's like oh we don't fuck with Delta Chai whatever Um, Delta Chai (laughs) Delta Chai latte um Delta 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 am I right (laughs) um whatever your chosen yeah no no no. I knew I knew what you meant (laughs) no that's a real that's a really good point about the network and stuff I think it would be hard to be like um I don't think this Gryffindor fits into our Ravenclaw network but I do probably think that happens like I think if you're the one Gryffindor that works for like a tech firm I know the tech firm doesn't exist in Hogwarts but go with me if you're the one Gryffindor that works at that tech firm then I think you are going to be picked on a little bit you're not going to have you know what I'm saying yeah if you're in a room full of Ravenclaws right but it also seems that in the magical world um businesses if we can call them that are very independent like it's a one mm-hmm. show and that the only real thing that we've seen that has like multiple people working at it is either the ministry or like the hospital Mm -hmm. and I have a feeling the hospital probably doesn't care what house you're in but I do believe that the ministry like I think that there's a lot of like I guess equivalent to nepotism there with like what house obviously it's who you know we already know that well I feel like the ministry is a place full of Slytherins and Gryffindors and the hospital is a place full of like I feel like St. Mungo's is a place full of Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws and that just that's just like how I see it in my head yeah as like those are the two like Raven (laughs) I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy and when I tell you a lot (laughs) but I just I feel like Ravenclaws and then obviously like Hufflepuffs have very healer energy. Uh, if I'm at, if I'm in the hospital, I want a Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff on my team, you know? <laughs> oh, and Hogwarts, I guess, is another example of multiple houses. And it's a, a benefit to have multiple houses. Mm-hmm. There's very few Slytherin uh, professors. <laughs> Yike, yes. But I think that's because they're ambitious, right? Like, it makes sense that um, that education is not a Slytherin heavy um, position or like job uh, because not that I, I disagree with this fundamentally, I love educators, but there's that whole phrase of like those who can't do teach type of thing. And I think it feels like less ambitious to be a teacher I, I in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like what we're being told, but I also like, outside of that I feel like a Hogwarts teaching position would be coveted because there's so few and they almost never like that's mm-hmm. like a 10-year like a lifelong position basically like people don't yeah very often so I would think that that would be 
a coveted position. I mean, even Baltimore wanted it. Um, yeah, but he he I wanted it for different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think Dumbledore was. I mean, Voldemort was ready to like thrive in his professorship. You know. Yeah. Um. So that was great. Thank you again, Joshua. Thanks, Joshy Wash. Mate. Let us know. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Let us know if you uh, have any other questions for us, what you thought of our answer to that one. I don't um, know what and then our second was. email is from Sophia, who has been on the podcast. She came on for our call-in episode. Um, and so she also has been catching up on the podcast and she's just started, I think, book six. So Hopefully you made it this far, Sophia, and you can hear us um, responding. <laughs> she gave up. She made it all the way to six and said, I've had enough of them. Done with those ladies. Yeah. More power to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she also had two really great points that I hadn't really thought of like explicitly before, but when she said them, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. So I'll, they're kind of long, but I'll, I'm going to read them to you because I didn't send you this email. Mm -hmm. A surprise. Um, okay. So um, there are two things I picked out from up uh, for the first time this read through that I thought were really cool and wanted to share with you guys. The first is in the Goblet of Fire. Can't remember which chapter it's in, but at one point, Harry is looking out over the grounds and just noticing things. He wa he's watching Hagrid dig some holes, which we later find out is hidden gold for the Niffler lesson. He also mentioned seeing an eagle owl flying uh, towards Hogwarts. Soon after, Barty Crouch Sr. shows up, and a little later, Harry has a dream in divination class where he is riding on the back of an eagle owl. This makes me think that this is the owl Barty Jr. uses to communicate with Voldemort. First, when Harry knows it flying, it's coming to Barty Jr. telling him his dad escaped, and then Harry is writing it. It's because Barty Jr.'s reply to Voldemort saying the situation has been handled. It's the first time I ever noticed that, and I just think it's so cool how JK makes every detail so important and meaningful. It makes rereading re it so fun because you notice thing new things every time. Right? Um, Sophia. In shock. Sophia. I am in shock. I am shooketh. That is incredible theory work. I think that is 100% true. I am floored. I have nothing to add, Sophia. Do you want to take our job? <laughs> Come on. I'm happy to bow out. Same. Um, I just, it's I the Sophia like, podcast now. I feel like sometimes we get in our like feeling good in our britches because we're like, oh, never saw that before. And we like notice it this time reading through. But that is such a detail that I don't think I could ever pick out. Like that is another <laughs> level. It's like even in the movie, isn't it? Like, or maybe it's just a hippie uh, movie. I think it's the hip, the hippogriff. <laughs> I think it's the hippogriff. Wow. I've had one cup of wine. I think there's a bird in the movie, but I might also, I know exactly the part she's talking about, obviously. Yeah. Where you do too. That is insane. All right. So um, the next one is really sad. and Oh, no. Because it's about Dumbledore. So. Okay. And I'm this ready. one, I'm like mad at us for not picking up on. 
Okay. Explicitly. Okay. Okay. So the second thing was at the end of the Order of the Phoenix. Harry is talking to Dumbledore and he says something like, people don't like to be caged up. And then Dumbledore crumbles into his hands. You guys talked about this a lot, which I really liked. One thing you didn't mention that I thought of is that this is a line from that this line from Harry probably causes more intense reaction from Dumbledore because Dumbledore is probably thinking about Ariana and how he treated her when he when we later learn it's probably the horrible memory he's reliving at the end of Little Prince and how he keeps repeating this mistake. It's so cool to me that she is a complete story thought through before she wrote The Deathly Hallows and includes little details like that in earlier books. I Excuse me. What but, is your profession, Sophia? She's are in, you she's in the sciences? She's way smarter than us. Fair. You know what? Well, which so is Joshua. Joshua's in biology. I, I um both Joshua and Sophia, I'm so glad that you're working in the scientists. Sciences, you guys are gonna do incredible things. All Molly, and, Molly and I will be here. <laughs> No, that's awesome. It's devastating, but it's awesome. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, so it makes total sense, the feeling caged up and Dumbledore. Yeah. Because like, we did, definitely talked about his specific reaction mm-hmm. to that, but we never thought about Dumbledore's personal reaction to that. Yeah. Oof. And we've also talked, obviously, a lot about Ariana, um, but I love that she linked those in that way. So thank you so much for telling us, too. So other readers, listeners, um, if you want us to be impressed with you, too, think about stuff that we've missed. We love hearing it. We do. I love feeling dumb and inadequate. Just kidding. I love to be shocked and to learn new Harry Potter things. As a Ravenclaw, it just makes me want to find even more clues. Mm-hmm. give me mm-hmm. a goddamn scavenger hunt and I also think it's incredible that like we've read these books I don't know how many times and there are still new things to be discovered so I think Sophia has a great point about all, how incredible it is all these little details and stuff like that also Sophia picked up on something that we do that I've never really noticed which I thought was funny <laughs> um I also love how anytime a Dementor is mentioned, Molly screams, Dementor, Dementor. And then Alex makes no comment and you both just keep going through your notes as if nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is absolutely accurate, but I've never like noticed that one, I say it every time and two, that you don't respond. It's probably because I'm just like, yes, normal. We keep going. I know. Or like that you maybe make a face at me, like a smile. <laughs> yes, it's probably like a ah, kind of thing. Like, yes, I acknowledge it with a smile and like a finger gun. And then <laughs> we move on. <laughs> I love it. I love that. <laughs> it's like anytime we say serious, we now say with two eyes look I can't explain our vocabulary to you guys you've listened for this long that's your fault I sent a text 
to somebody um, the other day, a friend of mine who I used to work with, and I said, <laughs> I have a cue for you. And then I like sent it in a separate message. And she's like, I reread your first message like 12 times. Like I didn't understand. Okay, that's on them. Q is a pretty, I feel like, universal symbol of for question. Well, I, I think it was like a weird message. It was like, sorry to bother you about work stuff. I have a cue. And that okay. was like the whole message. Oh, I see. I see. Like it wasn't completely her fault, but it, to me, like that was such a normal way to propose asking a cue, a question. Yes. Um, to my boss the other day, I was speaking in all shortened words, like how we used to do it in college. And then I had to explain why I was doing that. Right. We used to do. I still do it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I only talk to you in shortened words. I was like, but it was a word that like, didn't have any business being shortened. Like it so much. And then it was at me. He's like, that didn't work. <laughs> like it was something about Lachlan too. So it was like, I think we we're having a serious conversation and I was like, I, I had one too that was so well, it was like it was like a word that like it was not it was just not it was not right and <laughs> I it was like a word like usual which I short to use which totally mm-hmm. makes sense it's the use but it was a word yeah. like that where it sounded so weird mm-hmm. to say it <laughs> <laughs> oh yes I, feeling loose feeling loose you know what I mean <laughs> feeling loose oh my gosh that's that's kind of like what mine like was it, it too it like ended on an o too it was like something that just like it, if I s- flew or like flow I don't know what I said but it was like people in floor you know what I mean yeah it was just not it was not correct <laughs> it's not correct um, this part might be off pod. I just wanted to tell you, I was editing an episode from like two oh, no. chapters. Oh, no. <laughs> we were doing this bit where like Dumbledore says like a joke that oh, it's only for Harry. He's like, I had a dream and then I came back. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, that's for you in the back there with the invisibility. <laughs> like, we do it, like, multiple times. <laughs> like, can I... I, rem- <laughs> I remember us doing that. I have no regrets. I don't either, but we each did, like, three. And it was so funny. I Like, I'm crying right now thinking about it. <laughs> I was just like, I love us, and that we <laughs> just kept doing it. <laughs> Another completely inappropriate moment. <laughs> wow, this glass of wine is hitting me. Oh, thank God. Um, hoot hoot. <laughs> hooty hooty. Another um, another owl in the form of an iTunes review. We love those owls because it helps more people find the podcast and it gets Molly and I closer to our tattoo. 
this person from Australia said, love it. Love this podcast. Um, love Dove. P.S. Go Ravenclaw. So thank you, J.A. number 11 for that. J.A. 11. For that. I feel like we have a disproportionate amount of Ravenclaws that listen to us. Holla. Holla, holla. I don't know. We get a pretty good mix of Gryffindors and, and Ravenclaws. And Hufflepuffs. We don't have that many Slytherins, though. Just Seraph. <laughs> um, Griffin and I took some BuzzFeed quizzes last night because that's where we're at. <laughs> and he took, and so did I, a based off of the outfit, the yellow outfit piece. Excuse <laughs> What present Hufflepuff are you? And Griffin got a fairly low score, and I got a really high score of Hufflepuff. Wow, that outfit quiz was not accurate. I'm just I got a really cute outfit, so. My outfit looked horrible. Then why would you pick it? Well, I was wondering. It was like individual pieces. Also, a lot of these are geared towards women. Women, I see, I see. Like, I wouldn't wear that skirt. I have no opinion on it. (laughs) So I guess I'll pick these like pants. I had to wear like tan chinos. <laughs> oh no, Griff. We're doing chapter 29 today, The Phoenix Lament. Or as Alex renamed it, Grief in Slow Motion. Wow. <laughs> slow motion. Yeah, because it kind of feels like Harry is going through the motions of like he has to like his grief has to be on hold and he can only feel it in small increments because he has to like keep it together and explain what happened and he still has to be Harry Potter yeah um I renamed it new beginnings oh so you took a, a happier turn I tried to well I appreciate that um, what happens in this chapter? Oh, okay. I, my, it's also sad. What <laughs> I do. I can go first. Well, you don't, maybe we should end on a happy note. Okay. All right, I'll go first. Mine's not like super happy, but it does end on a happy note. Oh yeah, mine does not. <laughs> okay, we're just gonna. Okay, Fox sings for the dead loyal bride still to be wed a future to dread a future to dread oh no <laughs> yeah I really took a happier I took a, a hopeful note even though I know what happens you know what happens next I know but there's so many like there's love there's the schools like we're gonna reopen like it's what we're hearing what we're getting is a hopeful note <laughs> So, as such, grief's song fills the halls. In the wreckage, love still calls. Rebuild of broken walls. Um, that's beautiful, Molly. I just felt like there were some good things to be had. No, that's a lovely haiku. Kudos, kudos. Um, all right, so... We're past the uh, the formalities, if you. Will. <laughs> we 
we are now an hour into this recording session. <laughs> I think we've only been recording like 20 minutes though. We chatted for a while. Look, could you see? Because no, the clock started when we started the F, like the meeting. Not yeah, yeah. But we've only been recording. Like, oh, I see. I see. We had housekeeping chats. Yes, yes, yes. We had we had to catch up. Um. Um. All right. What do you got for me? Poor and shock. Harry, that's what I have for you. I didn't take happy notes. Um, mine's a neutral note, but the flowery scent of Ginny has like come, has like carried us through this book. If you've noticed, it's like I have mentioned at the very beginning of the book, and now we're hearing it again. That's a lovely first note. That's not neutral. That's yeah, sweet. I, it is lovely. And that that's how Harry knows it's Ginny is that he smells her, which that sounds weird me saying it, but it was much cuter. You didn't, I feel like, have to say it in that way that you just, <laughs> but I see what you mean. It's very, <laughs> I hate the phrase sniffed her out. <laughs> Wow. But what I do love about this is that we get the proof that the Felix worked. Harry needed it to give them that little bit of Felix Felicis. They were like, they kept shooting curses at us, but it's like they all started deflecting us, which I say again, a note that I have said before, why have they not been brewing Felix? <laughs> I, that did make me feel really good. I was like, okay, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Oh, yeah. Um, but that whole, they're, Jenny's like telling him that and like how Bill's hurt and all that stuff. And I'm like, oof, this is like nothing compared to what we're going to get in the next book. Like, we thought this was bad, like Bill getting bit by a werewolf. Yeah, I was like, when I was hearing about it in this book, I was like, ah, Bill's bit, <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> like when Mrs. Weasley is like crying over Bill, I'm like, suck it up, lady. <laughs> you don't know what's to come. I feel the same way. I'm like, okay, big deal. He got bit by an unchanged werewolf. Like he likes rare steak. There is real tragedy. <laughs> Next. <laughs> wow, we are jaded in our old Harry Potter fandom age. Um, let's get back to Tonks and Lupin, okay? <laughs> Lupin and I are in a fight again. <laughs> just kidding I love him but I um, don't like his use of the word contamination multiple times me either um I also have the note that I think it's unfair that Harry keeps having to tell the story over and over and over again I know there's no one else to do it life is unfair (laughs) but I think it's sad for him the first time he's telling it though no, I not I'm not talking about like the whole story. I mean like the whole like he has to be the one that keeps having to do the whole Dumbledore's dead. Yeah. Snape killed Dumbledore. Right. And he has to deal with people's shock and he's in shock. 
Right. Like he has to be caring for others. Although yeah. luckily Jenny, I think, helped. Jenny him. is helping. She is doing Queen's work over here. It's like awful and like wild though that they all didn't know that Dumbledore was even dead by this. I point. know. It's really sad. I had that same thought that they were like, where's Dumbledore? And you're just like, oh my God. Or worse, they had the same reaction as Hagrid. Like, oh, well, Dumbledore can fix it. Or he'll know yeah. that he's there. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I find it comforting the same way the characters find it comforting. That the Phoenix song echoes their grief. Like the way that's described, that it's like. And I felt that even before it was described that way, that like the Phoenix song, it's like when you have that moment where you, you're so sad or something is so upsetting that you don't know what to do. And so the only thing you can do is to scream or to like punch a pillow or something like that. And you just like, even when you let it out, it doesn't feel like enough, but then like the song is that enough. It's like you wanted to hear what you needed to right. hear and feel I think it's such a specific feeling that she captures there it's a like beautiful it's image a calming like running over you that you didn't even know you needed right that like feeling of you're not alone and like the 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 phoenix's lament takes away that one small part of grief that no one can understand because the song like the song understands because it echoes exactly how you're feeling and I feel like to some degree like the the phoenix tears have healing powers like I do think that there is something magical about the song that it is wow yeah Mm -hmm. exactly it's a really beautiful moment when they all stop to listen Mm -hmm. it actually reminded me a lot this scene I'm I'm sorry to bring back folklore (laughs) but it (laughs) not sorry you're right I'm not sorry it reminded me of um epiphany oh yeah that's that's a good point um, I actually think Epiphany is from the point of view of Fox. <laughs> oh, really represents Fox in this moment. <laughs> How could we have missed that when we did our folklore episode? I mean, not I didn't say this chapter, but I did feel that in the sense that it was like the final battle moment. Only 20 years. Um, all right. Where were we? (laughs) Part of me finds this comical that that for the first time in Harry's life, he has all of the answers to the adult questions. (laughs) Like professors are asking. Yes. And he's like, "Um, I know that. I I know who killed him. Actually, it's it's this. That's, oh my God, I'm going to make your happy thing a sad thing. I'm sorry, but like, I I just, I'm sorry. But it's sort of like, you know, when we're always in Dumbledore's office, this whole book, we've been listening to Harry ask Dumbledore millions of these questions. And now 
like Dumbledore has literally passed the torch on. Harry is the one answering all of these questions. He's prepared him for this moment. It's full circle. Yeah. There's a couple of moments in this chapter where I yeah. got closure on some stuff. Um, I mean, I'll say some of his answers are wrong, obviously. He doesn't know, but like when he says the part about he didn't give a damn about my mother either. I've been waiting for that line. I thought it was earlier, but well, I about that line in particular, I think it's weird that Lupin was like didn't say anything. I don't think Lupin knew. Not that he loved her, but it's weird that I don't know. I think that they were so obsessed with their group of friends that they weren't pay- and especially Lupin wasn't paying attention to who Lily was friends with cuz only James was obsessed with her. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, James was talking about her nonstop, I'm sure. <laughs> but I I bet James knew that she was friends with Severus. Right. Sev. Well, they they have to know because the whole thing is in retaliation to Lily. So they they have to know something about Snape and Lily. But they don't know that they were friends. They just know that Snape called her an Ah, uh, I see. Because the I apology see. happened in secret. Yeah. So the, the part about him being like, he didn't give a damn about my mom. Like Lupin's like, yep. Yep. He was All an that. asshole. Yeah. Also like Lupin's in shock. Oh, yeah. Lupin's having a rough time. I hate that everyone's taking responsibility for what happened. I know. It makes me really sad, especially when, like, Ron and Hermione start chiming in about... It's my fault. Like, I'm like, it's not. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. It's not anyone's fault. Right. Except for maybe, like, a little bit Malfoy's. Like a lot Malfoy's fault. <laughs> it's like a lot Malfoy's fault. But like and other than that, it's nobody's fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Draco, Draco, Draco. You bad, bad, bad boy. I was mad that uh, Ron tried to blame Forge. Like, we're not playing a blame game here. Just because they sell Peruvian darkness powder. Yeah. It does make me think about stuff like that, though. Like, that does happen in war. Like, when you start selling goods and who are you selling to, that it ends up ha- helping. Um, We've all seen Iron Man. Right, exactly. It's an interesting point that they make in a, like, small... Um, right in a small way or that so many people create like invent these things that are meant for good and that somebody always finds a way of making it to making it bad oh like Einstein and the bomb yeah that was just like oh we found a way to like get this vaccine to like millions of people oh well we can put a disease instead of a vaccine in and it'll do the same thing like yeah, that's a plot from a movie. Why, why would you say that right now? No, it came to my mind all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> that was <laughs> awful. Anyway. Yeah. Where are you? Um, 
I would love to see this uh, this whole happening from Snape's point of view, like the whole this whole scene, like when we get the flat the memory, yeah, the memory. But I just, but I really just like, okay, if I were doing Harry Potter as a TV show, wow, um, then huh, set the scene. I would have this episode obviously it's a season finale duh or like a maybe the episode before the season finale it's a part one part two Uh, (laughs) um to be continued um so I would do it from multiple characters point of view so like the same thing like you'd have like the time and so like the first oh yes I love that yeah so the first thing you would have is like Harry's point of view and then you would have uh like maybe you would have Tonks's point of view because she has like an interesting wave through it somebody from the order yeah yeah then you'd have like Bill actually Bill would probably be good yes then like Snape's point of view and did you already say Malfoy no but obviously you'd have Malfoy's point of view so good but you'd have to save Snape's for last. Right, obviously. Snape's is the last point of view you get. Yeah. But but you get that without but you get it after this scene that we're reading right now. Oh, so interesting. So you have this scene of them all talking and then right as you think that Snape has you hate him. He's murderous. And well, you probably still hate him after you get Snape's point of view. I don't, I can't tell if you want to reveal that, but then you, at the very end of the episode, no, at the very end of the episode, you get Snape's point of view. Well, I feel like you get Snape's point of view, but it's a little bit misconstrued. So then you see it again in the next season. When we're yes. Yeah. Um, book seven. And then you get the you get more to it just yeah. like you get more to the scene that we were just talking about with Lily like right with the rest of it uh so because I can see him I can see him getting the information and being horrified and then like having to figure out a plan to get past Ron and Hermione and then or is it Luna and Hermione Luna yeah Luna Hermione and then and then going and having to make that like journey to the yeah and then you end with the death eaters like a little party for Snape the only problem about your scenario um is that then you have to re-watch basically Dumbledore's death scene so many times (laughs) I think it's worth it I don't think you really have to, well, you really don't, right? You only, you, you only see it, yeah, you see it three times. Because the, the order point of view doesn't know it. Right. And truly, you could end Malfoy's point of view before I it. I like Malfoy's, other than Harry's is like the first one. Right. I think it's Harry's first. And then. I feel like with Malfoy's, you still got to do it because you have to show Malfoy responding to Snape being there and everything. Right. But you could. But, also- I, but I'm saying I feel like you can cut it before 
Snape does the spell. Like you just have a scene of Malfoy and Snape looking at each other and then Dumbledore saying Severus and then you cut to the next point of view. I think you should do that for all of them until Snape's. Like you should do it Harry's. Yes, 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 yes. But in, I think actually we have to do, so, okay. So if the episode before this ends, like the way that chapter ends, where it like after the cave, you, we land back at Hogwarts. Right. The next episode, I think has to start with Malfoy's point of view. Like we have to go back through Hogwarts with Malfoy's point of view. You have to see the Death Eaters come. You have to be worried. And then you do Malfoy's point of view. And then you've got to do Harry's. Actually, does Harry even need a point of view? Or hear me out. You start, so yes, what you said, the last scene ends there on the top of the astronomy tower. Yeah. Next scene starts in the hospital wing, and then you're figuring out what happened, so you're going backwards then for the whole <sighs> episode, so you don't know yes. the very end that Dumbledore dies, so you're seeing everyone's perspective about what happened that night. And you're like, okay. Oh my God. And you have Hagrid and Harry's conversation where, ha- but like only the beginning of it where Hagrid's like, oh, don't worry about it. Dumbledore will fix it. And you just see Harry's reaction, but <sighs> oh my gosh. Why wow. are we writing Harry Potter content? <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but wow, I need you. <laughs> um. If you want to see our version of the Harry Potter TV show, just write in. Um, so hire us for TV writing. We will do Marauders or current um, book series. We would prefer to do the Marauders. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, or if you have um, some ideas that you want to spark and then we'll come up with a plot, we would love to do that for you. On yeah. Plot. Right in. Time, we need a, um, what are those called? Not uh, the, the websites where you can give money. A uh, Patreon. Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> we could do that on our Patreon. Um truly if someone paid me even five dollars a month to write one dollar a month I would do it Uh, my next two notes are you were right about this thing me yes Alex Reeves Alex Alexandra Reeves wow Um, one you were right that there were more death eaters than just the ones on the tower that there sounds like there's a whole slew of them. Yeah, I did notice that, but I wasn't gonna say I told you so. Well, I'm saying it. Thank you. you. Thank you. And then it the- was confusing the way it was laid out. I wasn't even yeah. sure. The other one, which I think I already said this last chapter, but you're definitely right that this should have been included in the movie based on what we were just saying. Like, this is so interesting hearing them all talk about like where they were when all of this happened and like so cinematic with you know Ginny and Neville and then Hermione and Luna like I don't know it's just all very interesting Mm -hmm. and visual visual very visual yeah I am 
to Fleur? Um, I'm not quite there yet. I'm at, I'm still at Harry kind of retelling what went down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that he's leaving out all of the Malfoy stuff on purpose? Or do you think it's just like, he's more focused on the Snape thing right now? Because he doesn't really mention that Malfoy was even there. I mean, it, it, it's, it comes up because they know that Malfoy went up there, but they're like, oh, the Malfoy boy. Like, no I think Harry is conflicted given what he, he overheard and witnessed about Malfoy. And that's why he's leaving him out of it. That's, I wasn't sure if it was intentional or if it was like, it, he ended up not being that important to what happened. I think it feels intentional and he's so mad at Snape that it is yeah. cla- it's over I think it has more to do with Snape than it does mm-hmm. with Malfoy but right. I think it is interesting that he doesn't even really mention that Malfoy was supposed to kill Dumbledore like I think that's important information I think it's a little bit like a last honoring of Dumbledore right like Dumbledore was trying to protect Malfoy I don't know if Harry is like instinctually doing that or if it's naturally happening, but he is protecting Malfoy a little bit. I feel like it would protect Malfoy even more to be like Malfoy was ordered to kill Dumbledore and he couldn't do it. And then Snape came and did it. Well, that's what he says in the movie. So it's interesting. It's different in the book. Does he say that in the movie? You well, he t- he tells Ron and Hermione, no, Malfoy was putting his wand down. Oh, and then okay. Snape came and finished the job or something like that along those yeah. lines. I do. I remember the, about putting the wand down. Yeah. I mean, we'll see it in a couple weeks. Um, yes, I'm at Fleur now. <gasps> yes. Fleur. This beautiful... So first of all, before we even get to the most iconic line in a literary history, um, I think it's so sweet that the first thing she, like, it's not even a thought in her head that she wouldn't love Bill. The first thing. Why don't you frame it where we're at in the. Okay. So we're in the hospital wing. Bill is cut up on the table because he's just been bit by Finny Grayback. And Fleur and Mrs. Weasley come bounding in. Mrs. Weasley is like putting ointment on him. And Fleur is crying. And Mrs. Weasley says, um, and he was he was such a great boy. He used to be so handsome and, and he was gonna be married. And Fleur gets so upset and she's like, You think he's not gonna love me anymore because of the bite? Like, do you think the bite is gonna like alter his personality in a way that he won't love me? Like she wasn't even thinking about it. it. She didn't even question it. She was like, the worst thing that could happen to us is that Bill wouldn't love me anymore. I have a very different perspective on it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Still all good for Fleur, but I took it more like maybe a little bit more Slytherin or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Like... She she's framing like she knows what she's saying and she's like 
what you don't think he would love me like she knows that they're thinking that she's not gonna yeah that she's shallow which she's not and like (laughs) I I took it very much that she knew exactly what they were thinking that's fair I can that makes more sense I think for Fleur's character but, but I I love both interpretations. Yeah, both. I, I was surprised to hear you say that, actually. That it was, like, so sincere. But, yeah, and then, yeah, and then she says her iconic line, um, uh, do you not think? I think I am good-looking enough for the both of us, I think. I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Iconic. And then she says give me that ointment and shoes Mrs. Weasley away. What a power move. That's what I mean. Like, she's such, and I, I've said this before. I think that Fleur's really smart. Like, I don't think, like, I think she knows, she's aware of everything and what people think of her at all times. Yeah, I shall do it. Oh, what a fucking queen. And like, I think that it's included that Jenny has eyes on Fleur before uh-huh. we get the Fleur business. She's like, what's this bitch gonna say now? <laughs> Jenny, hush your mouth. Because she and, then I, and then I love the Mrs. Weasley Fleur moment where they just you. cry and hug and oh. But this isn't the biggest reveal, Alex. I I wouldn't, I'm going to just go out on a limb and, and say that what we're about to get is the biggest reveal of the entire series. Are you sure? As we discuss a chapter where Snape killed Dumbledore, are you sure? Yep. The biggest reveal of the series is Tonks is like, see, she still loves him and I still love you, Lupin. You see, said a strained voice. Tonks was glaring at Lupin. She still wants to marry him, even though he's been bitten. She doesn't care. It's different, said Lupin, barely moving his lips and looking suddenly tense. Bill will not be a full werewolf. The cases are completely... But I don't care, either. I don't care, said Tonks, seizing the front of Lupin's robes and shaking them. I've told you a million times... And the meaning of Tonks's Patronus and her mouse-coloured hair, and the reason she had come running to find Dumbledore when she had heard a rumour someone had been attacked by Greyback, all suddenly became clear to Harry. It had not been serious that Tonks had fallen in love with, after all. And I've told you a million times, said Lupin, refusing to meet her eyes, staring at the floor, that I am too old for you, too poor, too dangerous. I've said all along you're taking a ridiculous line on this, Remus, said Mrs. Weasley over Fleur's shoulder as she patted her on the back. I am not being ridiculous, said Lupin steadily. Tonks deserves somebody young and whole. But she wants you, said Mr. Weasley with a small smile. And after all, Remus, young and whole men do not necessarily remain so. I remember reading this and I was like, (laughs) like young adolescent Alex was shook to her very core. I was like, what? Molly is still shook and I'm still obsessed with it. 
I was like, he was like, I'm way too old for you and I'm dangerous. And I was eating it up. <laughs> I was like, this is what I came here for, JK Rowling. <laughs> I love it. I just, I think, and I, I think it is like truly shocking, but not like the Snape stuff obviously is shocking. Like there's lots of shocking things, but this is something that you're not expecting at all because we're not really framed to be thinking about love interests in the series in general like yes it's in the background but it's in the background and like now it's like here we go we are on the lupin talks train it is heading straight to the love boat (laughs) i also love arthur dropping these truth bombs he's like young men don't always stay whole and I was like me too I also love McGonagall being like don't you dare use Dumbledore's name to get out of your romantic commitments Lupin don't do it I mean I'll put a Jim quote in here it is one of my favorite lines what McGonagall says this is not the moment to discuss it said Lupin, avoiding everybody's eyes as he looked around distractedly. Dumbledore is dead. Dumbledore would have been happier than anybody to think that there was a little more love in the world. It's iconic. It's iconic. I know we overuse the word iconic, probably, but... Well, Harry Potter, the series, is iconic, so a lot of iconic things happen in it. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. I, I actually really think about that line a lot where it's like, oh, in a moment where we're supposed to be sad or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And like, there is like a lovely moment. It's like, no, like we should be celebrating these, like, like this love or whatever mm-hmm. in, these, in some of these times of hardship. Like there are times where we should be like, you know, obviously reflecting on what's happening, but like, I think it is important to like, I don't know. I think that it, that line really has stuck with me. Like, I do think it is. Yeah. Um, again, I am struck while we're on the topic, though, of why they're like, she wasn't in love with Sirius. Why is no one speaking about how Sirius and dogs are cousins? Like, Harry, you dumb. <laughs> they are cousins. They're um, Sirius's mom. <laughs> Harry's like, oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> but it's really only Harry that's like, oh, because everyone else that knew it was happening already knew it was happening. And then Harry's the only one that cared, but like didn't know it was happening. I love that Harry was like so invested. <laughs> I, I, he was very worried about Tox. I think that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Lupin, get your shit together, like. Okay, I ship Lupin and Tonks, kinda. Um, I ship Lupin and Tonks. I don't ship it more than I ship Lupin and Sirius, but I definitely ship them here. But Lupin, it's sort of like the way I ship Jess and Rory in Gilmore Girls. There's no other. Like I ship them in, no, no, no. I ship them in game. But I need for Jess slash Lupin to get their shit together. Like the we the moments that we see them together, Lupin is always behaving badly, even though I believe in the ship. The same way 
almost any time we see Jess and Rory together, Jess is behaving badly, except when he does the iconic line, and it is iconic. Why did you drop out of Yale? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> iconic. Iconic. <laughs> um, I... I, I don't get as mad at Lupin during this chapter, though, because I do think... No, he's going through a lot. Not even with the Dumbledore stuff. Like, I think he really does want better for Tonks than himself because he loves Tonks and he hates himself. So he's like, how could this person I love love somebody like me? Like, they deserve the best and I am not the best. Like, that's how much he loves Tonks. Does that no. make sense? Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> I get it. Trust me. <laughs> but, um, yikes. But it's still, it's like, get your shit together, too. <laughs> wow, Alex, maybe get your fucking shit together because you're a gem. I'm trying. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like. Tonks knows her own mind. Don't insult her by telling her she doesn't. Yeah, yes, that's how it comes across. Like he's like talking down to Tonks, but it's so like, we know that it's so much. No, I know that it's coming out of a place of love. I don't think that he's like actively talking down to her. Like you don't understand what it's going to be, but in his, but he is saying like, I know what's better for you than you do. So like, even if he doesn't mean it in that way, he is still doing it. Yeah, you're totally right. Like I know that I'm shit. And she's like, no, I know that you're not. Like, listen to Mm -hmm. me for once. Damn it. (laughs) I just, I love it. Cause I, I feel like actually I've never thought about this, but like her Hufflepuffness is in the sense that she's like still loving him, even though he's like pushing her away constantly. Yeah, she loves unconditionally. That's a real Hufflepuff trait is Mm -hmm. her, yeah, unconditional love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, I'm just so excited. No, I'm so happy. I really, I do ship them. I know it sounds earlier, but like, I was thinking about it while I was reading this chapter and I got so giddy about them. And then I was like, Lupin, I need you to just get it together. (laughs) I mean, it's fair. Like Lupin has so many like bad moments with this relationship in such a short amount of time. Right. We just love, like we, and I say we as in the readers just like have this love for Lupin that like has no bounds. Like he can literally do anything and we're like, no Lupin, it's fine. Like we're still here for you. We, the readers are talks like same. I'm like Lupin, you can love. Yeah. Cause we we cut this out of the podcast. Um, we, we were talking about George from Grey's Anatomy being like a good guy. Lupin is not trying to be the good guy. Like, oh, no. I've been wronged by all these people. Like, no. he's not righteous in that he thinks that he deserves something. Like, which no. makes it so much sadder. Like, because he does. He does deserve it. Hmm. But he gets it. He for only a little while (laughs) that's that's the most heartbreaking part of all of this wow I I like said that and I like in my head was like and they have a baby and they live happily ever I actively forgot (laughs) take a drink to that ladies and gents 
Oh man. I'm not ready for the next book. I say that every book. <laughs> every I really I really am not ready for it though. I just this read through which we talk about this read through a lot but obviously it's a podcast about it. <laughs> it's just so much harder because I feel like we've gone so deep on these characters and like obviously we talk about Forge a lot and like Lupin and Tonks and like it's just like we're so deep in it more deeper than I've ever been in this series like I it's just it's we're we're really in these characters and We've been reading it for so long. We've been reading this read through for three years now. I know. Four. And four, four years. It got really emotional the other day because I was having a bad day and I was at work. And um, the boy that I watched like knew that I was not having a good day. And he brought me the... um, the first Harry Potter book on his bookshelf and I almost started crying and I was like we know these characters so well we've come so far I know like and and I haven't been reading any of the books like whilst reading Mm -hmm. this read through so it just feels like we've like because it's been four years and obviously this is a seven year series but it, it's almost like we're going with them like in yeah it's been so long um but man man oh man man oh man I'm not ready I'm not just I'm not ready for like these some of these characters to die but I'm obviously not ready for the series to end again because it just feels it's so sad whenever I re would read mm-hmm. to the series and getting to the end, I probably shared this. I would always just start the series again. That's why I kept, that's why I've listened to it so many times is because I refused to let it end. So I would just immediately start. The that's really sweet, again. Molly. Sweet and sad. <laughs> sweet and sad. Sweet and sad. That's <laughs> sweet spot. I just didn't want it to end. So for sure, I would just start it. Again. So it didn't. And even now, like, I think I texted Alex. I, like, I listen to the first book when I can't sleep. So I'll just, like, put it on and then I can fall asleep because it's so comforting to me. I don't know what I'm going to do mentally when this series is done because I'm going to have to do something. Like, I'm going to re-listen. It really annoys me because we've been, I've been watching a lot more uh, Star Wars content. And there's so so much extended in the Star Wars world, right? And there's so much like lore and like extra stuff. And I was like, well, JK Rowling has ruined that for us. And now we don't get to enjoy anymore. And I was ready for like with Fantastic Beasts, I know it's not great, but I was ready for that to open a door to like, tons more Harry Potter content that we could look at Fantastic Beasts like we look at the prequels and then get a whole new series that we love called the Marauders TV show. Written by Molly and Alex. Written by Molly and Alex. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we're getting closer and closer to my one funny note. So... (laughs) 
I'm at McGonagall and Harry. Me too. My first note is, I think it's kind of weird that, like, McGonagall immediately takes over the headmaster's office, but I also get that it's, like, for the series, like, we're supposed to see Dumbledore asleep. Like, there's a lot of reasons why we need to return to his office, but it is weird that she's like, it's my office now, bitch. My office now! (laughs) Classic McGonagall, am I right? I think that (laughs) I think it's really strong that Harry can still keep to his guns and hold out and not tell McGonagall everything that's happening. I was really proud of him for keeping the secret. Just like in Cursed Child. (laughs) Stop it. it. Hashtag keep the secret. (laughs) Was that Cursed Child? Yes, it was a cursed child. <laughs> we, we got little buttons. That's it. For the Grindelwald thing, the movies, they, Fantastic Beasts, they did like a, another secret. They did a different thing. Yeah. Keep the secret was cursed child because we got a little button. I think I still have it in my I button drawer. But I also got a button for the Fantastic Beasts thing because we saw like an early showing. It was oh, right. a secret, but it was something similar. so funny um but yeah I have this note later that says I'm really impressed by Harry's incredible emotional maturity in this chapter very proud of him I feel like we got another full circle moment with Everard the portrait that goes Mm -hmm. between the prime minister and the minister and then Hogwarts like because the second chapter or the first chapter in this book the, the two prime ministers um he's the one that's introducing scrimmager and then now in almost the last chapter of the book he's introducing the the prime minister again or the minister of magic so I just like that that's included and it's just another thing with this book that this this book from beginning to end is very succinct it's obviously a little bit shorter but it's mm-hmm. also very like clearly written with like these are the things I'm going to bring up these are things that are going to come back like there was so much intention in this book with little things I think yeah I mean obviously the series is full of that but no I agree it does feel it does especially we were talking about this a lot coming full circle with last chapter too and it it does I'm now to my funny note. Snape ejaculated Slughorn. That's what it says. What? In the book. It says Snape, comma, ejaculated Slughorn. Slughorn says Snape's name. But the descriptor Uh, after it is (laughs) Snape ejaculated Slughorn put in a quote (laughs) Snape ejaculated Slughorn it is so sad the scene the moment how dare she who must not be named (laughs) not a good enough reason to use ejaculated (laughs) I'm taking a picture of it 
<laughs> wow. Good eye on that one. I I was I was like there's no way we needed to know. <laughs> oh boy. It was almost That's my full height says when he ejaculates, now we know. It's Snape. <laughs> Where's the Snape Horace X X uh fan thing? On that fan fiction, I used to listen to the Potterotica, which is now, I think, fangasm. Um, they read a Christmas, I think, uh, minific about Slughorn as a chair and someone having sex oh, on the chair. You've mentioned that before, and it's <laughs> still upsetting. Although I think at the time I was like, okay. <laughs> I just I think that I was like a pillow princess at his best <laughs> like a true true pillow princess the meet the definition of a pillow princess if you will um but just switching topics perhaps <laughs> on purpose um uh-huh uh-huh Sprout and Flitwick during this whole meeting of heads of houses is giving me life. They're both like, well, Sprout specifically is like, I will teach as long as there's one pupil who still wants to learn. Yes. And Flitwick is like, well said. Like, and they're just, they're there for the mission. What I feel like yes. is the mission of Hogwarts. And they really embody like Dumbledore's vision for like teaching and I just really appreciate it. Not to say that the other, like McGonagall or Slughorn, they're not not there for that, but like they just really had some really sweet lines. Yeah. During this part. And I think McGonagall's just like in shock. Like she doesn't, she's like, how, I, I don't know how I can teach with this. Like she's just right. so upset. Yeah. But I, I love to see them all moving into action. Yeah. That is, you're right. That is kind of hopeful about this chapter is that Dumbledore is gone, but look at all of these other people that are capable. Yeah, it reminds me of both the movie and the book for the seventh book where mm -hmm. they're like springing into action to protect the school. And I'm like, I've always wanted to do that spell. Well, Angie says, we are rather good at magic, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. It's like, they they are, you're what, what you just said, exactly. They are capable. And not that Dumbledore stopped them from that, but because Dumbledore was Dumbledore. It, it overshadows it, that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm at the very end. Okay. I had a note about Harry. I... I think I said thank you, Harry. It's so often that um, you know people make decisions without the input of those that are being like directly affected. When he says like we, sh the students will want to be at the funeral. They will want to say yeah. bye. And I I think that it's so great that he spoke up at that moment. Yeah, this is where I had my emotional maturity moment. Like yeah, because he's just so strong here. Yeah, and the and the teachers do recognize it, but it's like they weren't even thinking about that. They were, you know, had their own agendas, and it's mm -hmm. like it's. I think it's so important to have students or like 
people that are going to be affected by the changes be a part of that change. So yeah, love that Harry was there for that. Me too. Because they would they would have made a decision with, without it where they were like leaving tomorrow. So um, yeah, I think I'm at the. I think I have like two, one or two notes. Yeah. What was mine's literally about the last line so and okay, I had going. one before that and then I think my last note is the same as yours um oh D- Ron Harry goes up to the dormitory and sees yeah. Ron pretty much for like the first time where they're like alone and can talk since everything and and Ron's like asking with the horcrux which I was like I can't even think about this right now like I'm surprised that Ron that was even on his mind like there's so much that has happened since Ron seems like a deflector though like when things are really you know like he has to think about something else he can't sit in like the pain of what's going on really yeah and And my psychoanalysis of Ron that's what I've come up with I think that's accurate and I think that Harry or sorry Ron and Hermione and like Ginny they didn't go through the trauma that Harry did. So for them, they were for Ron and Hermione, Harry left going to get this Horcrux. And yes, like obviously Dumbledore dying was traumatic, but like that's so really fresh to them is that like that's what Harry and Dumbledore were leaving to do. Yeah. So they didn't witness the same things that Harry witnessed. Right. Even just like the lake in general, like Harry witnessed so many things tonight that like. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to like even get back to my dormitory like I wouldn't be able to think like that oh yeah I would I don't know I don't know who I would be if I had gone through that a little puddle on the floor that's who (laughs) certainly a puddle just a puddle at best at best a puddle (laughs) but yeah okay so now I'm at the last line excuse me he had left the world, had left Harry. It's a beautiful line. I it said, is no. Devast- <laughs> I said, woof. <laughs> it is devastating. But it's true. It's true. He left Harry. Oh, it really, it's really setting in. When when they see his portrait in the office, like I was saying, like there's a reason why they have to go back to his office. Like that was really unsettling that he had already appeared. His portrait was there. Like, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, I had a quiz question. Once. Oh, I didn't. How dare you? A, a chapter I like this. Never do lately, but all right, I will get it wrong. I'm too emotional. Go ahead. Um, what Death Eater was killed? The tall blonde one. What was his name? What was his name? His name. <laughs> You, I, I, you obviously went for Harry Potter, which is the one that I should have gone for, and I went to next to normal. Um, I feel like we overlap with musicals. Um, what was his name? Name, 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 name. I can't remember. Gideon. Yeah, I was. Ne- I was never, never gonna get it. 
Did you want to look for one really quick or no? Mm. No. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, not Gideon. Gibbon. Gibbon. Oh, I should have gotten that one. That's like um, that's like what I call Griffin almost. Grib. Grib. Gribbin. Gribbin Gib. The best of friends. <laughs> Gribbin Gib. The dynamic duo. Um, did you- The Hufflepuff and the Death Eater. <laughs> That's a fan fiction. <laughs> Did you have a champ or a rat? Uh, yes, obviously. My champ is Fleur Delacour. And my other champ is Harry. I didn't have a rat. Yeah, I didn't have a rat. And I was like, for the three separate breaks in this chapter, in my opinion, I had Harry, then I had Fleur, and then I had Professor Sprout. <laughs> Ah, yes, incredible. <laughs> and I gave it 160 points. Whoa. Whoa, that's high. How many points did you give it? Just 100? Oh, well, I've been giving it low. So I felt like I was, I just, I've been all over the place with points on this book. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of great things about this chapter don't get me wrong but um, I guess for me I didn't have a lot of things to take notes on because it was mostly like and I loved getting to to hear the the other stories so I guess I didn't give it great high points but I liked listening to it I had nothing yeah. no problem it was a great chapter obviously I and think then I give points, I give high points for chapters that like stick with me and that I think about. And I, mm -hmm. I remember a lot of moments from this chapter. Yeah, me too. I don't listen stuff. I'm keeping to my guns at a hundred. I think that's a solid I amount of points. Score. I didn't mean to make you um, question. No, you, you didn't. You just told me your score and it made me feel self-conscious about mine. Well, what did you get as a tattoo? fox I yeah I said a feather a fox feather oh a little feather yeah a feather but also while we were talking I was thinking about that one quote that you really liked Dumbledore would want a little love in the world yeah. that would be a good one too it's a sweetie it's a sweetie pie sweetie pie um next chapter is Chapter 30, The White Tomb. The White Tomb. <laughs> but you know what? And that's the last chapter of the book. I yeah. don't know if you knew that. I did. I did know. This is the penultimate chapter. I feel like I didn't say that at the beginning, and I wish I had because I love saying penultimate. Me too. I do. I got really excited. <laughs> it's a great word. We just um, did an ultimate chapter. <laughs> and then we're going to watch the movie. I'm really excited to watch the movie. Molly and I haven't been like drunk together in a really long time. <laughs> so <laughs> exciting times. <laughs> Very exciting times ahead just gonna cry oh and just I'm a gonna cry. oh I might cry 
<laughs> I I feel like I don't get that emotionally attached to the movie. Um, I get really that the scene in the cave actually really gets me. Uh, but um, exciting news about the movie episode: we are going to be filming it. So. It'll be on YouTube. So not only will you get to listen to us watch the movie, you'll get to see us react and talk about the movie. Alex so, is in charge of recording. I am. YouTuber. <laughs> I'm like half a YouTuber. Yes. If you haven't already, check out Jess and Alex Watch on YouTube. Yeah, but that's not where that recording will be. No. <laughs> this recording... <laughs> But I'm just saying, Alex is a famous YouTuber. Check her out. Not famous, but please go watch us watch things. We just watched Lord of the Rings and um, I cried a lot. Shocker there. So uh, this was my first time watching the Lord of the Rings. There's also Clue, Back to the Future, Bring It On. There's so many things for everybody (laughs) to watch yes whatever we also are watching the see the current season of the mandalorian so and that scary show haunting of something of bly manor we watched bly manor too check it out y'all check it out but on phone all right stay magical charm i'm sure mischief managed bum 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 bum